One. Two. Three. That was really Taylor, far apart. <laughs> we should it should be more like one, two, three. All right. Well, that's it. So welcome to the Laravel podcast. My name is Matt Stauffer and with me are Jeffrey Way and Taylor Otwell. Uh, you may be wondering where Sean McCool went. Um, so he's actually transitioned over to recording with the Dev Discussions podcast. Um, so my name is Matt Stauffer and I've been blogging with uh, Laravel at mattstauffer.co and Laravel related stuff for a while. So I've joined the podcast to kind of do some more hostly stuff. Um, but you can find Dev Discussions at, I think it's dev-discussions.com or dev-discussions.com. Yeah, actually, dev-discussions.com looks good. So Sean will be podcasting over there. So to get started, today was the day that we launched Envoy. I mean, we being Taylor, you launched Envoy. This has been a big amount of work kind of leading up to this. Could you tell us a little bit about Envoy and what it is and what people should know about it? Yeah, Definitely. So Envoyer is a way to deploy PHP with zero downtime, which is the zero downtime is really the key word in the whole equation, because when you have a service, even a service like Forge, that's constantly receiving requests, for example, Forge might receive a um, a GitHub push notification from one of our customers' projects at any time during the day. So even having seven or eight seconds of downtime, we could lose a request or two in that time period. So I really wanted a tool where I could deploy any PHP project with zero downtime to any number of servers because Forge is also um, a multi-server application. So I have to be able to push code to multiple servers simultaneously. Now, a lot of people have asked, what's the difference between Forge and Envoyer? And really the difference is, Forge builds servers primarily. So Forge creates the server, it installs PHP, it installs Nginx and MySQL and all that. And then it can also do things like add subdomains and SSL certificates and cron jobs. Envoyer is strictly focused on deployment. So Forge has a deployment feature, but it's very basic and is only it's limited to deploying to one server and even that with downtime usually. But Envoyer kind of takes that deployment feature of Forge and and makes it very robust and with zero downtime and multi-server. So Forge and Envoy are kind of work in unison. Forge builds your servers and helps you maintain sites and cron jobs and queue demons and everything on your server. And then Envoy deploys your code out to your servers. I know one question that, that came up a lot on the forums is, can you talk just a little bit at a high level how you go about doing that. So for example, when you deploy some code, well, obviously you have to do things like composer install. So how are you able to do that without actually taking the site down? So what happens is when you push code to your project uh, within your server, there's actually a directory called releases. And that is separate from where your site is being served from. Your site is being served from a directory called current, which is actually a sim link into the latest release directory. So when we get a push from your project, we will clone down or download a tarball of your project into a new release directory. Now, this is not this is not being served to the web at all. So it's totally separate from your project web directory. And then we install Composer and uh, run PHP Artisan Optimize if you want or, or run your migrations. And then at the very last step we do is we switch that current sim link to the latest release directory. And that's what gives you the zero downtime because that sim link switch is an atomic operation. So 
Um, there's no downtime created when that happens. So that's kind of how we can do all of that work behind the scenes and then finally deploy the project at the last moment with zero downtime. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, congratulations, man. I'm really excited to start using this myself. Yeah, when I um, shared about it in the, my team Slack room, um, people said, okay, I, you know, I'm trying to understand really what the pitch of it is. And then we started talking about one of our software as a service called Karani. We said, we can use almost every single feature on it. So heartbeats which is this thing that like makes sure that your crons are pinging we've lost crons at a moment and not known that those crons weren't running and had negative business impact oh great that's going to be taken care of zero you know zero downtime that's going to take care of business needs i'm trying to remember what else but like we basically went through every single feature of envoy and saw like immediate useful application for like the project in front of us and then, then all of a sudden the team was like this is great we're so excited about this so yeah it's really cool to see this come out yeah, it's been a fun project to work on. It's it's neat that Envoyer deploys Envoyer. Like even after I launched Envoyer today, I pushed out six or seven updates and even fixed a few bugs. And not I'd never had to worry about interrupting anyone's workflow because it was all zero downtime. So that was pretty. That's pretty slick. I love that so much. When you're able to build a tool that uses the tool, it it always freaks me out every single time this comes up because it's not often, but every once in a while. You write a tool that uses the tool you're writing. You know, it, it never makes sense to me, but very fun. It's like those people who write, what is it? Uh, Igor Wiedler is always doing that stuff where he writes PHP and PHP or writes yeah, <laughs> brain, yeah, exactly. brain something and brain something else. Cool. Well, um, it's really exciting to see that come out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know we're getting a lot of positive response to that. And I, I very much intend to plan to start using it today. So that's that's cool for us. But since we're trying to keep things a little bit shorter, I think we're going to keep moving from topic to topic pretty quickly. So uh, 5.0, 5.0 came out actually still pretty recently. Um, it's been out for a couple of weeks. It's been in the wild. Could you just talk a little about either of you guys about what the responses have been and what the ups and downs, patches, anything like that have looked like? Yeah, the response has been pretty positive, I feel like, um, almost universally. So it seems like on just on Twitter and, and stuff like that. Um, so... With 5.0, of course, the biggest change was the move to, to the new directory structure, which I think a lot of people are feeling like their code is better organized in this new structure as their project grows. Um, the feedback I'm getting from people is that um, their application seems to grow more naturally in the structure versus the old kind of models directory way of organizing things. Uh, so that's been really encouraging. I'm glad people are liking it. And then with 5.1, we, we kind of streamlined it even more, which we can talk about here in a second. But yeah, I mean, I think the response has been pretty positive. Uh, Jeffrey, what's, yeah, what's the, what's the Laracast response like? It has been fantastic. You know, like I was there right when Laravel 3 got upgraded to version 4, and I sort of saw a similar thing where it's like right before it, people were really cautious and there was some negativity surrounding it, and then Laravel 4 came out, and it was like, oh, this is so much better. And I'm, I'm seeing the exact same thing with version 5. So, you know, Laravel 5 was in months and months in development, and throughout it, you saw people get negative and scared, and Laravel has lost its way and all of that garbage. But now that it's out, you, people are playing with it, and they actually use it, and uh, what do you know? Everyone likes it, because, you know, it's weird, like... People have a tendency to just take a 30-second response. So they see something, they give it not even 30 seconds, and then they criticize it. But I think sometimes they forget, like, no, weeks and weeks and months of thought went into some of these things. There is a good reason why many of these features were implemented. So at this point, Laravel 5 is out. I, I've seen nothing but um, 
but praise for it. So I think it's great. I love, there's so many just little things like there's lots of like cool stuff, but then there's the more pragmatic things like method injection is so cool. Um, the scheduler, I was using the scheduler the other day and I had to make a tweet about it because it's just so nice and beautiful to work with. The ability to just say like in your PHP in version control Every, you know, every day at nine o'clock, I want you to run this command. You do it in one line of code. It's in version control and you're done. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to research how to create a cron job, you know? So those sorts of things really are going to save you a huge amount of time. Yeah. So I I'd it. gotten to the point where writing a cron job was something I was, I just done it so many times and done that research so many times that it wasn't technically difficult for me, but it was this area of my application logic that lived entirely separate from everything else. So you spin up a new server and there's just got to be a line in your readme that says, remember to add all these cron jobs in this particular format and ensure that they're running and all this kind of stuff. So even schedulers massively easier, which is great. I think it makes it, it frees us up to use cron jobs more, but it also makes it a part of the application logic. Like you said, it's in the version control. That alone to me is, it, it felt like that was like the remaining piece of my application that still lived in like transmit in you know cyberduck ftp kind of world or something like that so yeah absolutely because you come to a new project and it's like well i have no clue what kind of crons are running unless i research it and i'm gonna forget it you have no clue whatsoever and now you just go to a single file and you're good to go it's a non-issue at this point yeah so i think the one place that i saw a little bit of upgrade pain that did actually end up being significant was that a lot of folks said oh the upgrade process is so difficult and so i was trying to work to understand what are people saying when they have this and it turned out the upgrade process was not difficult, but the package Laravel specific package upgrade process was difficult because there's a lot of changes to the way those things work. And additionally, a lot of folks were relying on environment specific configuration and other stuff that changed minimally for the end user, but significantly for the Laravel specific package user. So I know that a lot of folks, I know that Franz Leadkey, I think it is, has worked. Franz has a package called Studio. I know the PHP League is coming up with an. Do either of you guys have any thoughts or conversations or anything you want to talk about in terms of Laravel-specific package development? Yeah, that was something we kind of uh, felt out as we went along. Like even, even after Laravel 5 has been released, and one of the patch releases I know we added support for, um, what would it be called, like multiple config files in a package config directory within your app directory. So that's kind of been a feedback process with Laravel-specific package authors Mainly, the main confusion and the main like rough areas were around config because they were used to having some some packages that were Laravel specific had like seven or eight config files just for their package, and when Laravel 5.0 was initially released, you were forced to just have one config file for your package, and a lot of package authors didn't like that. So we kind of had to clean that up and and work with package authors to make that better. Which now I think it's pretty much how it was with Laravel 4, where you can have any number of config files for your package. So I think things are a lot better. Um, but I think that whole process is also kind of um, raising discussions on how to better write packages for framework specific uh, uses. So yeah, I know, I know, like you said, Franz has, has kind of worked on a workbench replacement, which I always felt like workbench um, should be like more of a PHP solution because it's really a headache no matter what, um, framework or kind of ecosystem you're working in, it's just a pain to get started writing a PHP package because you have to have, you know, a lot of people have their PHP unit file or their Travis CI file and their all their little files they need in the directory structure. And it's just time consuming. So yeah, I know people are working on that. So I look forward to see, you know, what the community comes up with because I don't want that solution to be locked into Laravel. I think that's a more of a PHP wide discussion. 
but also just in terms of writing packages where they do hook into Laravel. So, you know, you'll have like some kind of uh, service provider for your package. Really, with Laravel 5, it's a lot easier. So like I, I had a couple things that were very specific to Laravel, a couple packages I had. And really, like there's a few things you have to change to upgrade from version 4 to 5. But really, in my mind, it's a lot more intuitive. A lot of these methods just make more sense versus how you did it um, in version 4, where it's like, okay, this this kind of makes sense, but I'm not exactly sure what happens when I call this method. Now, um, to me, it's a lot more readable. So you have these methods like, um, you know, a, a publishes method on your service provider to publish any files. If you want to merge your configuration, then you just call, uh, I'm going to forget it now, some kind merge of merge config, config method. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to me, it just seems a lot more uh, sensible if you look at a service provider now for a package. It's definitely more explicit. Is That makes it more a lot more flexible than Laravel 4 because the, one of the biggest complaints with Laravel 4 packages was they were in the PSR0 structure instead of the PSR4, which came out later, you know, after Laravel 4 came out. Well, with Laravel 5, you could just say this load views from and then give it a specific pass so it frees you up to organize your project in psr0 or psr4 or whatever other auto loading standards might come out before laravel 6 comes out um you know you have the freedom to organize things however you want so that's kind of nice that makes a lot of sense and actually speaking of jeffrey the packages you have i've seen a lot of people say what about jeffrey way generators so i want you to have the opportunity once and for all address that what give me the answer to that question what about jeffrey way generators we talked about this dang package on the last podcast. Um, basically, I didn't want to update it. I ended up doing it. Um, mostly, like, there's one thing that most people like from that package, and it's the ability to pass the schema when you create a migration. So, like, let's say you're creating a user's table. You can create a migration and say create user's table. And then on the command line, you just pass your schema through directly there, and it just populates that migration file. So that's really nice. I decided, like, one night... I didn't have anything to do. I just decided, okay, I'll go ahead and update that for version 5. It works great. It's highly tested. It's great. Um, so if people do want to use that, just pull in uh, through Composer, Laircast slash generators, and you're good to go. If you had your druthers, would somebody pull request that against the core? I don't... I thought about it, but it just goes against some of the, the basic syntax in core, so I'm not sure if it would make sense there. Like, the way you create a migration with... Well, it's hard. Like with the package, the way you create a migration assumes a specific naming convention. So I don't know if that would be good for core. I don't know. So for example, if you name a migration like create users table, the package assumes that that convention. So it knows like, oh, you're trying to create something. So it will parse that out. It'll then parse out the name of the table. That stuff's it's like you're not required to do that with a normal migration. So I'm not sure if that makes sense to be with the framework by default. And anyways, like it's one less thing for Taylor to maintain. It takes five seconds to pull it in through Composer. So I don't see a massive benefit to doing it. Yeah, and clearly a lot of us are pretty comfortable with pulling it on in every project anyway. So that's good to hear. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to 5.1. So, you know, let's talk about timelines and any specific standout features that we haven't talked about before in the podcast. So Laravel 5.1 will come out at the end of May. And this will be... The Symphony 2.7 release is what it will coincide with. So this will actually be the last Symphony uh, 2.x release before Symphony 3.0 in November. Um, so what we've but what we've got lined up on the Laravel side is a few streamlines in the app directory, which I'm actually really excited about. And one of them is 
renaming the commands folder to jobs. And I want to preface this by saying none of this breaks backward compatibility. All of your old generator commands will still work just the way you want and and support the uh, commands directory. But anyway, Laravel has kind of always been about um, making things intuitive and sort of in plain English. And I felt like commands was a little vague and and it kind of didn't capture the intention that I wanted to originally get across with that directory. And I felt like jobs is more, it more communicates that because people will think more in terms of queued jobs or jobs that are running in the background, which is really the original intention for that directory. And then the second change is we, there's a handlers directory in Laravel 5.0 right now. And within that directory, we have events and commands, which for command handlers and event handlers. But with Laravel 5.1, we actually just got, we simplified that down to just one directory called listeners, and it only contains event listener classes. It doesn't contain any command handlers. And I felt like the whole idea of having a separate handler for every command in your application was maybe a little overdone by, um, for most Laravel users. And so we want to just kind of simplify that to where you just have the one listeners directory. And if you want to have a command handler, you can still do that. It's just not, um, kind of emphasized out of the box as the, the kind of default way things happen. So yeah, those are, those are the two changes. Commands is now jobs and handlers is now listeners, which I feel like both of those are maybe a little bit more intuitive, at least to me, I think. So um, that's those are two things I'm excited about. It's interesting because to me that almost distinguishes because I feel like commands in 5.0 were sort of the kind of command bus, you know, DDD style. I know it's not DDD, but the ones that a lot of folks in DDD world are talking about, but it wasn't quite right. It was, the, it was a kind of that, especially the fact that it allowed for self-handling commands and stuff like that. And one of the things that you pushed a lot, which isn't frequently a part of that conversation is how closely these things are related to the queue. And the fact that you could easily enqueue them and everything like that, that was that was a kind of Laravel specific. So it seems to me maybe it's like moving further in the direction of how are these things more common and more simple for folks who may not be using command bussy type things in this world. It's really saying, no, this is just an encapsulated piece of code that likely will go in a queue. But even if not, it's a it's just a it's a. I feel like it's it's distinguishing itself from the whole command bus world a little bit more, and which is perfectly fine to me because there's actually a lot of very robust commanding packages that are coming out. Like I know that um, uh, I'm trying to remember Ross Tuck is coming out with one uh, with um, with the PHP League right now. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's just yeah. So it just seems to me that like it's a, it's like a little bit of a separation. So if you want the full thing, don't be annoyed that Laravel doesn't offer it. Go get the full thing, and this is now really kind of going a little bit more into its own niche. Yeah, and my whole perspective, too, was I didn't want people to feel like I need to be making a command for every single thing my application is doing. So if I'm writing a, you know, like the example is in the documentation, um, like purchasing podcast or even like updating a blog, I don't want people to feel like if they're not doing update blog post command that they're doing Laravel wrong. And I felt like maybe some people were getting that idea from the commands directory that if they weren't using it all the time, what am I doing wrong? I must be missing something. And I don't want them to feel like that. And I think by renaming it jobs, I don't know. It's just a simple rename, but I think it maybe communicates, it gets it away from that kind of command bus and all the baggage that kind of brings with it. That command bus is a thing that right developers use all the time. And by I think by simply renaming it, we can kind of turn a switch in people's minds that it's okay if you're just using the jobs directory for four or five things your application does and not for all 
50 things your application does. That was easily the thing I was most worried about uh, right as we were building up to Laravel 5 is my thinking was people would, they would learn about commands and then they would assume that no longer are they allowed to do anything whatsoever within their controllers. All they have to do is create a command. And so what ends up happening, and you see this in the forums quite a bit, is people suddenly have create blog post command. They have update blog post command. And then suddenly they have really like a nasty project structure that really doesn't warden that style. But they saw that you create a command and a handler, and that's the way it's done. And um, it can almost be a little toxic for the community. So I think this is actually probably a good change in my mind. Yeah, and we saw that we saw a similar thing with repositories, right? Like after I wrote that book a few years ago, where I talked about repositories quite a bit. Now it's like people talk about repositories constantly in terms of Laravel. Instead of just if they have a simple use case, sometimes you can just return an eloquent call straight from a controller if you've got you know a pretty basic method you need to stub out. But I, I kind of wanted to nip this command thing in the bud, so to speak, because. I didn't want it to run away like repositories did, where it kind of becomes this thing that if you're not using a command for every single thing, you're not doing it the way Taylor intended Laravel to work. And so I didn't want to set that precedent. Well, that's great. And I think uh, before we finish up for the day, we just wanted to talk uh, Laracasts for a little bit. So first thing we wanted to say, you know, we wanted to give Jeff just a little bit to hear about what are you going to be working on next with Laracasts. But before that, I run a business and currently I just have one account for me and then one kind of developer account. And so I saw that you came out with the Laracast business account, but I'd never really gotten the pitch. And I remember you mentioned it. I, I don't know if it was on this podcast or another podcast recently. And I just wanted to give you a second. Can you tell me as a business owner, tell me about the business account? Yeah, the business accounts are going to be something I'm focusing on quite a bit this year. I would consider like right now phase one. So right now, let's say you run a small company with four or five developers um, in the past, when Laracast first launched, there really wasn't any option for you. So basically, like you could get five subscriptions manually, and then they're good to go. But that's kind of weird. And then you have five different billing cycles. So now you can just sign up and you pick a, a business plan, like five developers or 10 or 25. And um, once you sign up, you get charged yearly one time. And then from that point, you, the the manager or the project owner, can just add developers to your team however you want. You can add them. You can remove them. If somebody quits, you can remove them and add the new hire on. So it just makes it really easy to have a constant um, source of education for the developers on your team. And it's as easy as possible. But then down the line, some things I'm working on are like the ability to if you run a development team, you could assign certain videos to people on your team. You can monitor how they are working through that series. You can monitor um, if they've completed videos and things like that. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline for that. And if you want to check it out, just go to Laracast.com and you can check out all the business subscriptions. But then other than that, what am I working on at Laracasts? Um, well, of course, since Envoyer is out, Taylor recorded a whole series that shows you how to get set up. Go check that out. It's uh, laracast.com slash series slash Envoyer. It's free to anyone. So that'd be a good a good resource for you. And then other than that, the thing I'm working on right now is this series on advanced eloquent. So it's not as much about like how to be, how to use eloquent. Uh, it's more like, okay, what exactly is going on underneath the hood? And a lot of this just came from my own desire. It's like we, a lot of these things are usually like black boxes for us. You know, it's like, okay, I know that when I do 
post colon colon all. It fetches the records and it's great. I never have to go any further. And that's fine. Most people never need to look into this stuff. But if you're curious, man, like Eloquent is sort of like a beast in the best possible way. Like there is so much going on there. Uh, It's an amazing source of learning, I think, for people. So every single video, we are just going through some kind of feature and just figuring out how Eloquent makes it work. Like, uh, let's say you want to get all posts, but eager load the comments for the post, you know, how exactly does that work? And then once you research it, it's like, man, there are so many different little steps and it goes through this magic method and then it goes through a builder and then it goes to the query builder. So it gets pretty complicated, but, um, at least for me, I love learning about that stuff. So that's what we're working on this week. That's cool. I've been actually really looking forward to that series. I was one of the people who voted within five seconds when you're trying to figure out what your next topic was going to be and saying eloquent. So I'm excited to finding some time to work through those. Um, But we're about out of time today, guys. So is there anything else you want to say uh, before we close up for today? I'm excited about the new podcast format. If the listeners don't know, we are shooting for a, uh, you know, a shorter format to kind of you know, because people get behind on podcasts and it can be a little overwhelming in terms of keeping up with an hour long podcast uh, because we have busy lives and families and projects and stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited about this new shorter format. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. So we're shooting for biweekly and about 20 minutes a piece. So a, a lot more consumable. Uh, and guys, it's been a total pleasure being on my first one with you. Thanks for inviting me to join. And uh, I guess I'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you. See ya. Bye. <laughs>